Well, hello. Please take a seat, everyone. It's just so awesome to be here tonight and speak to you um, on just such a fantastic night when we get to see uh, somebody in our community get baptized, somebody who's been a part of our community for 18 months. Um, what probably amazes me so much um, just about a baptism at an event like this is not the event itself, but it's what's happened beforehand. Um, I met Brandon 18 months ago, stepped into our community uh, through an invitation. And through those 18 months, I've seen an absolute just change in Brandon himself. Um, Brandon, as he said, he went from a party boy um, uh, 18 months ago to what? In December last year, Brandon and I and a group of other people from here, we actually went out to uh, schoolies down uh, down at the Gold Coast, not to party ourselves, but to actually serve those who were out there partying, to make sure they were okay. And Brandon... Brandon was involved in that. Brandon was there serving. And it's just amazing that transformation that has happened in his life. And what amazes me most about like a journey, I'm, I don't know, I'm like a sucker for the stories, sucker for listening to them. I get on Facebook and I get sucked into one and then two and then three and then it turns into ten and because it's amazing just what a story can hold. How one, an insignificant event like an invitation, a coffee can change someone's life and can build to something greater, and can, uh, it can uh, transform a destiny. And tonight, I want to talk about that one thing. Brandon talked about it, a journey. And everybody is on that journey, right? Everybody has a story, everybody has a journey. And what's amazing is there are 7.52 billion people in the planet, and not one person has the same journey. Not one person has the same story. Everybody here has a story to tell. Everybody here is on a journey. If we took like a a snapshot of the last five years of every person's life in this room, what we'd find is nobody's life did this. Nobody's life went stagnant. But there was moments where you had high points, low points. Some of you grew, some of you went backwards whether that be financially, academically, relationally, there were high points and low points in your life. And tonight, I want to talk about that journey, that journey that everybody's on, because everybody is on a journey, and it's different for you than it is for me, and it's different for the person uh, that you go to work with, and it's different for your best friend. And while we're all on this different journey, while we're on this different story, every journey begins in the same way. Every begin every journey begins with the same thing, an opportunity. Every journey begins with an opportunity. Life itself, the journey of life itself, begins with the opportunity of life. Every relationship, you watch the chick flicks, I'm a sucker for the chick flicks, so I'm like well-educated to tell you about this. Every relationship, him and her, it always starts with that moment where their eyes lock, from across the hallway and all of a sudden they're in love, sparks are flying, chemistry is turning, everything is happening, like it's the moment, the opportunity is there. I've never met someone like him but oh my goodness, just look at his six pack, look at his abs, oh my, Chris Hemsworth, it's just, ooh, Like, like that's what every journey, it begins with that opportunity, right? And with every opportunity, comes a decision to make. Do you say yes? Do you say no? Do you accept? Do you decline? Do you, do you change? Sometimes that opportunity comes with the decision to change. 
Sometimes it, it means you have to stay and to be comfortable where you are. Every opportunity comes with a decision, decision to make. And, and some of you, you already know this. You've, because you look back at your life and there are opportunities that are arose in your life and, man, you really wish you never said yes to them because they led you down a path that you never really wanted to go on. Others of you are really excited because you said yes to an opportunity that built to something else and now you're in that career and you're absolutely loving it. You're uh, studying at uni and it's not boring, but you actually enjoy going to uni like, like nobody else enjoys going to uni, but you, you're excited when it comes around because you get to go to office works and then you get to like, you get that stationary, that's my favourite part of like getting ready for uni, but then you get to go to uni and you actually get to learn And it's not boring for you because you actually enjoy going. And you said yes to that opportunity and that's why you are where you are today. See, the decisions we make impact the journey we take. And everybody's on a journey, every opportunity that arises in our life has an impact on the journey we take. And in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, that opportunity that arises in our life is a result of an invitation. Either somebody extended an invitation to us, like in Brandon's story, how uh, a friend of his from school invited him to come along to church, and he's embarked on this 18-month journey. Or, um, in other cases, it's not an invitation that was extended to you, but an invitation you extended to somebody else. You asked somebody to sit beside you uh, at the bus Uh, in grade eight, and all of a sudden, that turned into a conversation which turned you guys into best friends. It started with an invitation. Not all opportunities, but most opportunities in our life are a result of an invitation. And tonight, I want to talk about one invitation in particular. One invitation which Jesus extended over and over and over and over throughout uh, the New Testament. Uh, There are four biographical accounts, not uh, autobiographies, as Chris was saying, but four biographies of Jesus' life, and through Matthew, through Mark, through Luke, through John, Jesus almost appears like Oprah Winfrey. He's like, you get an invite, you get an invite, you get an invite, like, you get an invite, everybody gets an invite, like, I'm just all out invite, even you, you smell, but like, you get an invite, like, everybody gets an invite. Like, Jesus is just flicking out these invites everywhere and every invitation that he extends, it's the same invitation. It's the same invitation time after time after time. And without this invitation, the church today would not exist whatsoever. And that, because that invitation wasn't extended just to a group of people 2,000 years ago, but it's actually extended to you and I. And tonight, I want to look at that very invitation which Jesus has extended to us. Because it has the, Im- has the opportunity to impact your life, to impact my life, and to impact uh, the people around you's life. And the invitation I'll look at is the very first invitation that Jesus ever extended. And he extended it to two fishermen. Uh, and we're going to jump in on that story. It's recorded in uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 18. And in this story, uh, it says that as Jesus was, we're just going to jump into the story, by the way, I don't really know how to transition into the Bible, because I don't have the Bible in my hands, but, you know, um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, so he's going on a stroll along the beach, he says, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, 
and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Now, I've got that uh, term, fishermen, kind of titled there, or highlighted, and the reason why is because these guys were fishermen, not because they wanted to be fishermen, but because they had no other option to be fishermen. Now, in the day, everybody wanted to be a rabbi's follower or a teacher's follower. And Jesus was a rabbi or a teacher, and everybody wanted to follow him, right? Everybody wanted to be the follower of them because they were going somewhere. They were going to teach them something. And everybody from like the age of six would study uh, vigorously in order to become uh, the follower of these teachers. And if you were good enough, if you were smart enough, you would get selected in order to follow these teachers and to follow these rabbis. But if you weren't good enough, if you weren't smart enough, you didn't make the cut, you get sent home and you go and take up the family trade. And that's exactly what happened with Peter and Andrew. They weren't good enough, so they didn't make the cut and they got flicked home and they had to learn how to be fishermen. And they weren't just fishermen, but they were pretty terrible fishermen. We have uh, a story in Luke uh, where these two fishermen are out in the boat all night and all day and they literally catch nothing, nothing, all day. And then Jesus kind of rocks up and he's walking along the sea, oh, walking along the shore and he's like, fellas, have you caught anything? And they're like, no. Well, I've just got this piece of advice. I'm a carpenter. I've got no, like, you know, expertise in order to, like, kind of point at something out to you. But have you tried the other side of the boat? And they're like, I don't know if we have. Um, so they flick, their, they flick their nets out into the sea and lo and behold, catch a staggering amount of fish. Like a chippy is able to do fishing, fishing better than them. Like these guys are fishermen and they're not even good fishermen. And Jesus spots these guys out on the, on the beach and he says to them, come, follow me. He extends this invitation. He says, come, follow me. This is the invitation itself. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Surely there's more to the invitation though. Well, Jesus doesn't stop there. He actually goes on and he says, and I will send you out to catch, or send you out to fish for people. You know what's interesting about this invitation? Notice what Jesus doesn't say. Come follow me. But before you do, you need to do this, this, and this. Jesus doesn't say that whatsoever. He doesn't say, oh, but you need to meet the standard, but you need to uh, work on your grades, but you need to learn this, but you need to change that. He doesn't say that whatsoever. And if I was in Jesus' position, I would have probably added a few clauses if you were going to follow me. I would have definitely added the clause, please have a shower before you follow me. You've been hanging out with fish all day long. I do not want that smell around me, please. But, you know, come follow me, but please have a shower. Like, that would be on my request list. But Jesus didn't ask anything from, his, from Andrew and from Peter. But he says, follow me and... And as a result of following me, I will send you out to fish for people. See, in this invitation, Jesus invites them to follow him. And he says, I don't want anything from you in order, to you, in order for you to follow me, but I want something for you. If you follow me, there is something for you. 
I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change your destiny. Because you're not going to be fishermen anymore, but you're going to fish for people. And what he means by that, he's just using a term so that they would relate to it. What he's talking about is, I'm going to turn you into a leader. I'm going to turn you into somebody who is going to influence a large group of people. I'm going to turn you into somebody who is going to reach thousands upon thousands of people and you're going to invite them to follow you as you follow me. And Jesus invites them to follow him and he will change them. See, the invitation Jesus extends is an invitation to follow. And it's an invitation to follow, not a command or demand to change. <laughs> something, that always, something that always happens in church, it seems that we always say, hey, follow, but please, before you do, you have to change these certain things about your life. But Jesus, he, when he extended this invitation, he said, no, just come follow me and I'll do the changing. You don't have to change in order to follow, just follow. It's an invitation to follow, not a command or demand to change. So why follow? Why follow? Well, the boys, the boys knew why, and in the next verse it says, uh, as at once, on hearing this, they left their nets and they followed him. They followed him. They gave up their, they gave up fishing in order to follow Jesus, and they followed him. And the reason why is because while it isn't a command or demand to change, they knew that following Jesus would change their life. That following Jesus would have a beneficial impact on their life. And it did. For the next three years, these guys wouldn't be fishing anymore, but they would be following around Jesus from town to town to town to town. And they would be listening to Jesus, documenting what He says, recording what He did, uh, listening and learning from Him, learning from Him occasionally. Sometimes it took three or four times for them to understand what He was saying and He's like, fellas, I've been telling you, I've been telling you, but, you know, they get there eventually, they're fishermen, they're a little bit slow, but, but they get there and it changes their life. And three years later, when we look at Peter and when we look at Andrew, their lives are radically changed. In the book of Acts, Luke kind of uh, documents what these guys' lives look like. And Andrew, three years later on from this moment in history, is now an influential leader within the church. And then we've got Peter. Peter isn't just an influential leader, but he is the point man of the Jesus movement. He is the point man of the church. He's the person which Jesus built the church around. He is the most influential person at the church, at the birth of the church. He it goes and reaches thousands of thousands of people. He speaks, to million, or he speaks to thousands and large groups of people and invites them to follow Jesus. All because of the invitation that Jesus extended to them to follow Him. See, while it's not a command or demand to change, following Jesus will change your life. More specifically... Following Jesus sets us free from our past and opens a door to a new future. We look at Brandon's life. Now, we celebrate stories like that because of that freedom that is found, That's that life change that is found when a new door, a new uh, door to a new future is opened and that a new life is experienced. That's what 
it's all about. That's what following Jesus is all about. It's all about, follow me and I will change you. Don't, you don't need to change in order to follow. Just follow me and I will change you. And so tonight, I want to extend to you the very invitation Jesus extended to Peter and Andrew. I want to extend to you an invitation to follow. So some of you, uh, this is your first time to church. Others of you, you've, you've been hanging around the Christian scene for a while, but you've never really decided to follow. You've just been hanging out on the fringes. Well, tonight, I want to invite you to begin to follow. You don't need to change anything about your life. You don't, need to, uh, in, you don't need to go home and read a stack of information and come back and you know, answer a test in order to follow. You just come and follow. You just begin to follow and Jesus will change your life. And so, some of you are like, well, I, I know that it's an invitation to follow, but, but why? Like, it's going to cost me something, right? It's going to cost me something. Surely... Jesus isn't, like, surely this isn't what it's chalked up to be. Well, Jesus died for you, and if somebody is willing to die for you, I'm willing to bet at least they are 100% for you. Jesus is 100% for you. He wants nothing from you, but He wants everything for you. And so, why not take that opportunity? Why not take that opportunity and follow Him? And so, tonight, uh, we've got this thing called For Monday because we believe there is no point coming to church on Sunday if it doesn't change you or impact you for Monday. And this week's For Monday, if you've been on the fringes, if maybe this is your first time to church, maybe this is your first time back to church in a while, I just want to challenge you to begin to follow and come back next week. On your seat is an envelope and it's been strategically placed there, it's not just there by accident, but it's an invitation to our series next week. Next week, we're launching a brand new four-part series, Chatterbox. And next week, I want to challenge you for everyone here to come back next week and begin to follow. Begin to accept that invitation and move towards a relationship with Jesus. And you don't need to change what you believe right now. You don't need to buy it all right now. All you need to do is take a step take a step towards a relationship with Jesus and begin to follow. Now, some of you have been following for a while. In fact, you, you know this, that Jesus change, changes lives because Jesus changed your life. And you're thinking to yourself, what's next for me? I'm coming back to church next Sunday anyway. It's kind of blocked out in the calendar. Like, what am I going to do with, like, what, what do you want me to do? Like, is there anything that I can do with this invitation that Jesus has extended? Well, while at the very end of Jesus' life, at the very back end, right before He ascended into heaven, He gave His followers one responsibility, one key responsibility for them to embark on. And he says this in uh, Matthew 28. He says, Jesus came to them and He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make followers. Go and invite others to follow Jesus. Go and invite others to follow Him as He invited them to follow Him. Go and invite others into the journey. Go invite others into the story which Jesus has already began to write. And so, this week, I want to challenge you for, for Monday, if you've been following for a while, just take that invitation of yours 
and invite somebody else. Invite somebody to be on next Sunday. In your hands is the opportunity which may just change somebody else's life. So why not take it and invite somebody? You may just be surprised at what happens. As we draw to a close tonight, um, I just want to share with you a story um, that's close to my heart. Um, some of you may know, uh, I'm actually one of uh, three brothers. Um, I grew up in a, a family of five, um, and I'm the oldest of three brothers. Um, and I have a younger brother named Isaiah, who's 18 months younger than I, and then I have a younger brother, Joel, who's five years younger than I. And last year, I had the opportunity uh, to watch my brother Isaiah uh, get baptised. And it's just amazing seeing somebody you know, um, you know celebrate an event like that. Uh, but what was, what was so amazing was just the story he told about his journey and that is my more attractive-looking brother. Uh, I got a photo, so then everyone... Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I just want to share with you uh, a small excerpt of what he said at his baptism. Because at his baptism, he said this about his journey. He says this, When I started high school, a whole new world was open to me, and I was verbally bullied constantly being called names by people I knew and even people I didn't. There was one name that called me in particular, which I couldn't understand. And over time, I came to believe they were right. In my efforts to overcome this and be more socially accepted, I tried to do more of the things that popular kids did and excel in my schoolwork and athletics. I desired to meet high expectations I had set for myself and I devoted most of my efforts and thoughts into these things as it numbed the pain I felt inside. And in all my efforts, I found that the things of this world were, that were meant to complete me only left me feeling emptier. It didn't matter how successful I became in these earthly desires. They could never truly satisfy me, and they always left me feeling short of being able to overcome the emotions that were inside me. In grade nine, I got involved in a relationship with somebody and realized that I'd been beginning or been seeking a deeper and more meaningful connection in my life. At this time, I thought that meant loving another person. In grade 10, I went off to Guga, which is a month-long education camp, uh, which is compulsory at my school. Out there, I met a person called Steph and had the opportunity to meditate each day and was challenged about where my faith was at in God. When I returned to school, I realized that even a relationship wasn't filling the void that I was hoping it would, and my heart wasn't in it. It was around this time that Steph invited me to church, and for the first time, I realized that a relationship with God was possible. I started coming to church on Sunday night, and I got involved with a youth group and a connect group. And it was from there that God opened my eyes and I began to understand who he really was and that he loved me. As I began to trust and learn, lean on Jesus more, I found the stress of school and sport and my success in these things didn't define or control me anymore. And my sin and shame had no hold on me because I was loved by him. That is the power of an invitation. See, an invitation can change everything for somebody's life. 
And in your hands, you hold the opportunity to change someone's life through an invitation. An invitation can change everything for you and it can change everything for someone else. So why not invite and why not begin to follow? Why don't you let me pray for you? Dear God, we just thank you that you have invited us to experience a life with you. Uh, We just thank you for the hope and the future that is found in you, God. We just thank you for what you've done in Brandon's life and what you've done in my brother's life. And we just pray that you would continue to do that in the lives of those here tonight. That you would continue to change them, Lord. That you would continue to open a door to a new future. A future of hope, a future of love, a future of purpose. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.